This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Hey wrestling fans, I'm Jake Barton, creator of the history storytelling podcast called Historium, and you're listening to Busted Wide Open on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 68. I'm Nick Howell. And holding bags under my eyes bigger than Braun Strowman's grocery trips, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. I was up late watching watching some NJPW Wrestling Dontaku and... uh, I'm going to make it through today, Nick. I'm going to oh push boy. through because we got a lot to talk about because we are on the road to backlash, or should I say we're, we're here. We're already arrived at backlash. We just had the greatest Royal Rumble last Friday. I'm still not over WrestleMania yet. You know, right. I'm still riding the high of my win, even though I was decimated <laughs> at the greatest Royal Rumble, but I, I, I feel like there hasn't been a chance to catch my breath yet. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. It's been a very, very weird build since WrestleMania. After WrestleMania, all the timing seems like it's, it's felt like it's been off with WWE. And yeah. we have some some matches at Backlash that look like they're going to be fun on paper. It's just we've got no real build for them. So I think that that kind of pulls away from the card. So it's it'll be interesting to see how they pull this out. Um, and we'll obviously get into our backlash spe- backlash speculations later on in the show. Uh, right at the top, we we definitely have to go through the rest of the main roster stuff that happened this week. We have a ton of other news to talk about in our wide world of wrestling segment. Going to be heavy down there this week. Going to be heavy down there because there's a lot of news, a lot of interesting things to discuss. But uh, yeah, before we get to all of that, please, everyone who's listening right now, make sure you head over to Facebook and join our Facebook discussion group. Yes. It's a great place to discuss the show, to discuss professional wrestling in general, sports entertainment, news happenings, throw up some memes, have some fun, talk to the rest of the community. And it will be the flashpoint for where we start to have some more audience interaction. Uh, We have a lot of stuff planned for year two of this show, which we're coming up on real quick here. Yeah, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks away, we're going to have a little special uh, like first anniversary show or end of the first year show. And on that, we're going to discuss a lot of what we're planning for the second year of Busted Wide Open. And there's a lot of exciting stuff. We have a fancy new YouTube channel now, by the way. We're going to start being on YouTube. (laughs) We're going to have some live streaming stuff. There's all all kinds of stuff. We'll discuss that on the uh, on the that that one year show. 
So come back and check that out when we get to that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. We also have a Twitter account, by the way, in case people didn't know. It's at BWO Podcast, where we do some live tweeting of uh, the week's events as they're going on, as much as we can. We're busy people, right? So we try to do that as much as we can while we're watching. Uh, As I mentioned, we do have the new YouTube channel. Uh, You can go and just search for Busted Wide Open. You'll find it there. It's currently, we just have our promo that we did for uh, for Stephen Larson is on there. It's sort of a placeholder. We're building up the subscription list so if you are listening to this head over click that subscribe button on youtube for us uh we'll definitely want to build that up because uh we potentially have some live streaming we got a lot of fun stuff coming very soon coming uh, up but before that's all fun and games we'll get to that in a couple of weeks when we're ready to discuss it all more thoroughly but right now there's a lot of stuff we need to discuss more thoroughly that's going on this week but to start with that we got to go over and talk about the big news Keith Lee! Keith Lee! He's coming to the WE! WWE. I messed that up. Sorry. I was trying to be creative. That was that was that was awkward. But you know what? You were right on. Keith Lee, according to PW Torch, uh, shout out to Wade Keller. He's coming to WWE. We said that this was speculated a few weeks ago. Uh, and now, and, and we, you know, he didn't have any more indie bookings in the summer. He was the uh, champ at PWG there and then lost it to Walter like about a week ago. And they're having a goodbye show for him in the next couple of oh. weeks. Uh, it is official. looks like P, uh, Keith Lee is coming to WWE. Uh, it's also being reported that they're a little bit lukewarm on him. They feel like he's got to adjust his style a little bit. He, yeah. They feel like he's kind of a spot monkey right now, and they want him to learn to 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 build matches more, which I I don't entirely agree with. I think the dude can work a, a good match, but I'm just thinking about all the things that that guy could do in WWE oh, yeah. with, with his charisma, with his physicality, his size, everything that that guy can do, plus the fact that Donovan Dijak has already been signed by WWE, and we could be seeing a reformation of the Monstars oh boy. tag team with oh those boy. two guys that I think that would be absolutely enormous. Either have them as a tag team or feuding against each other. Either way, I'm happy. So looking forward to seeing our boy, Keith Lee, in WWE. I am prepared to bask in all of his glory. That's that's all I'm going to say I about that. I spend every morning basking in his... Wait, wait a minute, that sounds weird. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I wake no, up every don't. day basking in his... Never mind. I bask in Keith Lee's glory. We look forward to anyone who doesn't know who Keith Lee is being able to bask in his glory as well when he comes to NXT. One other thing I'll throw in there. He did put up some... After that announcement went up on WWE or PW Torch, it started going around uh, the other day. Uh, I did see a cryptic message on his Facebook page that said he... Checks Instagram, checks Facebook, checks Twitter, scratches his head, almost as if he Unders. wasn't sure whether or not he was going to do it or whether or not it Ugh. was a real thing and it was just rumor. So I don't know. Have, do we have absolute official uh, confirmation by WWE yet? Not that I know of, nor do I think they will until that, that move has WWE been made. WWE doesn't confirm until everything is like right. he's he's in the performance center living there and it's it's you know he's ready to be on TV pretty much. But you know what I mean? trust Wade. You know, if, if they're putting it out there, it's probably a real yeah, thing. Yeah, if they're saying it's absolutely 100%, I'm going to go with that yeah. over anything a wrestler says on Twitter, which is the, <laughs> you know, there's I don't think there's a wrestler alive who doesn't use Twitter as just a, a troll marketplace. So yes. uh, that being said, yeah, we're excited to have Keith Lee come to WWE and afraid that's actually kind of all the big news this week. We have a ton of other news we'll get into in the back end of the show. 
But that is for us, at least. We felt that was worthy of being the big news. Yes. The other thing we have to talk about this week is the fact that we have had the go-home shows for Backlash now. We've had the Raw and SmackDown that are supposed to send us into Backlash, all excited and prepped for this card. It felt kind of rushed. It felt like it was... Uh, I can't imagine why. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. We're having a couple of rematches from the Greatest Royal Rumble. We have a couple of ones that they've set up for a while now, but don't really make sense after the Superstar Shake-Up. But in order to discuss all of that thoroughly, we need to head over and talk about Monday Night Raw. Ian, I have not been more entertained by a crowd in a long time. Maybe going all the way back to the Seth Rollins cash-in at WrestleMania. Oh, jeez. I have not heard a, a crowd more hyped, more live than Montreal this week during Monday Night Raw. I, I I think you may have forgotten some of the Chicago and Philadelphia shows we've had in the last year or two. But oh, okay, no, no, I haven't. Okay, <laughs> but I, oh Canada, uh, Montreal was was live as hell this week, and it started off. They were obviously prepped for this show. This uh, it was a fun crowd both nights. Uh, it really does drive home how much the crowd does play into the experience of even watching WWE's product on TV. The fact that if you have a dead crowd, it just makes everything feel flat. And if you have a just a absolutely up-in-your-face, fired-up crowd, it makes everything feel more fun, more important. Um, or if you're Roman Reigns, it makes you feel like even more of a, a heel and less like a babyface because that man came out to a nearly post-WrestleMania 33 level of booze. Yeah. I mean, they were they were ready to try and keep him off the mic the way that they did on that show uh, this week. He, every time he tried to speak, they were trying to boo him down. Well, the Habs can only dream of getting that kind of heat and that kind of cheer or, or boos uh, there in Montreal. So the fact that Roman Reigns can come out and then we follow up with what blew my mind. Jinder Mahal comes out to cheers. Well, I mean, it was mixed. It was mixed cheers. And then he got he's getting in the ring and says something like, I'm going to beat your ass or something like that, Roman Reigns. You both suck. And Well, that came later. <laughs> that came once Jinder had reestablished, yes, I am the heel. Yeah. I am still Jinder Mahal, and you all hate me. Yes. Uh, but Jinder got cheered. He did legit get cheered right when he got in the ring against Roman Reigns. Oh. That is how, I mean, granted, this is just Montreal. It's not obviously the entire world here. And there are places where Roman does get some modicum of cheers. But he did not get any here. Jinder got cheered more against Roman Reigns. Like, you know, I think I, in recent memory, I think only The Miz has been able to consistently keep booze against Roman. I mean, this is this is bad. If that's when, one way to get someone cheered is oh, bring them out against Roman Reigns. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. To, to be clear, Jinder, uh, though of Indian descent, is Canadian. Yeah, Toronto, so, I believe. Yeah, so he's down the road. Which they don't, they don't like in Montreal, but... Yeah. They don't, but it's still Canada. Anyone that's not French Canadian. It's still, it's still Canada <laughs> against Roman, like to some level. So, yeah. uh, you know, it just still makes some sense uh, that he would get some cheers. But man, the people who got some real cheers were Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the hometown boys who were supposed to be heels. They got a hero's welcome. I don't know if I've ever heard Sami Zayn get cheered like that. And Kevin Owens, it's, it's been a while. Uh, they the roof came off the place when both of those guys came out, and I, I you have to imagine that WWE knew that they were going to get that kind of response because of the way they let them come out, um, the way that the whole thing was presented, it and they played Sammy's music. Yeah, know, they let yeah. Sammy's music play, which yep. is definitely more of a face theme. Yeah, you know, that's why they've been having him come out to Kevin Owens's music with that uh, the Titantron having both their initials on it now. Yeah. 
uh, because it feels more of like a heel theme, whereas Sammy's is very face. And they did update the graphic for Kevin Owens this week with the Florida Lee. So you had uh, the KO with yeah, the, his, the K- his, his Canadian KO yeah. shirt on. Uh, yeah, Brilliant. Definitely Way playing to steer up. the ship into your location. Well, yes, and then no, because the storyline is, you know, Roman's, say- Roman's coming out here and saying, well, I didn't really lose to Brock because of this quote-unquote controversy, this controversial ending, where they even had the ref in the uh, Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns uh, cage match from Jeddah uh, coming out and apologizing for making the wrong call because it's supposed to be the, whoever's feet hit first, and he made the call that Brock won because his back hit first. And so they're now they're, you know, they're, they're doing the typical spin when they have a, a, a botch at the finish or they blame it on the ref or whatever. Fine. That's all fine. Uh, now Roman's coming out and saying, well, I should be the champ, uh, even though I'm not. It's OK. I'm, I'm going to consider myself the champ. And this whole uh, bit was supposed to be these three heels come out and say, well, now we want to face you, Roman Reigns, which off the bat doesn't make a whole lot of logical sense. Why do you care about Roman? He just lost the title match. What is what relevance does he have to you now? If you're trying to go for the title, are you going to beat him? I mean, they didn't they didn't really, they didn't drive home that aspect of the story. Yeah, why these three heels were coming out to confront Roman Reigns, and of course, as you would expect, um, as they're all trying to figure out who's going to fight Roman, uh, it ends up in a scuffle. The three of them beat down Roman, and then this got even more bizarre because you had two other faces come out to to save. Roman and the first one made some sense Bobby Lashley he doesn't really have a personality or direction yet since they've brought him back so okay Bobby Lashley's going to come out and help Roman but then Braun Strowman came out to help Roman and considering their blood flute their blood flute their blood feud last year this did not make any kind of sense I was fine with Lashley but as soon as Braun came out, I've wanted I've wanted two things back out of last year. One of them was the Braun and Roman feud, and the other one was the uh, what I'll call the Samoan feud between Joe and and Reigns, which we're kind of getting. But it's when Braun came out, I kind of went, "Wait, what? No, don't do this." Yeah, but I, it can only be, be I think because of how over Braun Strowman really is, and that maybe they're and trying it's upstaging to, Roman. Well, either that or they're trying to get some of that you know, good vibes onto Roman by having them right. be together, which is the only thing I can think is they're trying to get the rub onto Roman from Strowman. But this is the thing is Roman's also got a match this Sunday at backlash against Samoa Joe, now a SmackDown superstar. And so this all started before the heels came out with uh, Samoa Joe being on the monitor and addressing Roman and saying, you're a loser. And I'm going to, you know, finish you off basically on Sunday, your, your, your faltering career or whatever, right. however he put it. Uh, but this is the, this is my issue is that so this all ended with the the three faces and the three heels in the scuffle being put into a three on three tag match later on in the show, which right there it just was made no no sense to me. It's just kind of thrown together illogical booking. Like why 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 would these guys all why are Strowman and Roman now okay with each other? And then why are we having this match? It made sense in the sense that they ended up setting up a tag match on Sunday, like just an absolutely thrown together tag match between uh, Lashley Strowman against Kevin Owens and Sammy, which I'm not excited for at all. No, uh, but we, you know, so that got thrown together because of this three on three match, but it, then it was just uh, a way that they didn't really build any heat between no, it's just a way Roman to get them and on the Joe. Card. Yeah, but Roman and Joe, names. you know, what, there was nothing, there was no build there. And we'll, we'll talk about this on SmackDown because they had more with, with Roman and Joe on SmackDown and it was better done. Because it was it was more direct, but here it was just a bit muddled. It was not just a bit; it was a lot muddled, and I didn't like the presentation at all. Yeah, 
The next one that had a, uh, a you know, next up on the Montreal huge pop uh, scale, Seth Rollins came out uh, following this whole series of things after we got this match scheduled for, for later in the show. And man, what an ovation. Jesus. I didn't see that coming at all. They, he, they blew the roof off for Seth Rollins. Where does this come from? I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I, I like Seth a lot. I think he's wildly talented. I think he has the ability to be one of, if not the top guys in the company, if he's not already. I think he is. But, uh, you know, the thing is, is I don't know. I don't. I don't get the same level of excitement from him that a lot of people do. And that might just be me. He he's missing something. He's missing that one little piece. And maybe it's just the nature of WWE baby faces. Maybe. Yeah. And that's just, what's not there for me, but but there's just something missing. And I haven't been able to put my finger on it. I used to say uh, it was because he doesn't have consistency in his character, like he's not, you can't look at something and say, ah, that's very Seth Rollins. You know, the, the everything like Dean Ambrose, you can run down everything. He, oh, he's a crazy guy. He's, he's tenacious. He's and a all lunatic. This he's a, well, sure. That if you want to use the WWE's terminology, yeah. but with Seth, a lot of the things that they say about him and a lot of things that he does don't gel. What you know? What That's does a the, good point. It, what does the Kingslayer mean? He beat Triple H. What is it? The architect Two years ago, the architect means he's a planner means that he's, he's, you know, and originally, originally it was a, a deviousness thing when he was a heel, but yeah. now it's like, so he's a planner. So what? Um, a lot of the, the graphics they use for him with like the, the, the target, you know, and the, and, and the burn it down, like all of these things are cool individually, but they don't gel together in something. Mm, and that's, that's good point. really all I can put my finger on with him. But that being said, apparently it's working for Montreal because they, they, they let him have everything. Uh, you deserve it, and you know the the uh, the chant. They gave him a Sami Zayn chant, the uh, Ole Ole chant, uh, and he he frankly I thought got overwhelmed by it, which I I I wasn't entirely happy with the fact that he made it so clear that he was marking out for people marking out for him. Okay. Um. Although I did see Vince Russo complaining about that too, and I never want to agree with Vince Russo, but. <laughs> But in a sense, I mean, but well, in a we've sense, always talked about Raw being bad at building baby faces, and it's one of those things where this is kind of a perfect example of that when you're talking about it gelling together because they had it nailed with him as a heel, as a little chicken shit heel when he had his money it in was the, the bank. Stand, run. It was the standard chicken shit heel format too, where he was basically the same thing that Jinder does with his goons and that uh, you know with, with Seth with with his two guys. It's it was just kind sure. of standard as well. It's just Seth elevated it. But it all gelled to your to, to counter your point, and that's that's what I was trying to get it at. It did. They don't know how to do it with baby faces. Yeah. But that being said, I can't argue with it because he is getting these kinds of reactions. So maybe <laughs> who, are we it to is, say? who am I to say? Maybe it's just me, but I think that at some point that is going to catch up with them. Uh, I know I want to go to a Monday Night Raw in Montreal now. That's that's what I'll I do tell know. You what? Holy shit! But uh, but Seth came out and gave a nice speech, and then uh, who should come out to interrupt? But. Finn Balor, who we were worried about recently, was was kind of getting s- sidelined and, s- and not really looking that great. Well, he came out tonight, and apparently, him and Seth are buddies again. They're 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 cool again uh, because Finn basically said, "Look, you're a fighting champ. You you just said you're a fighting champ. I would like to be your opponent. Cool. Hey, buddy, let's have a nice, friendly competition." Uh, and then the Miz Taraj come out to get in the middle of all this and try and be friends with these guys again. Uh, and try to form a four horsemen stable, which I thought was particularly amusing. That was fun. Until Finn and Seth beat them down. And then at the last second, Finn turns on Seth and drops him. 
uh, to anticipate their match later in the evening. So we have a little bit of heat, at least, for that what was essentially the rubber match because they faced each other four times in their two and two. Yeah. So this was going to be the rubber match. Who was who was the better man? Are we going to get anything? So Seth has a match, uh, a, a title match with The Miz uh, this Sunday at Backlash. Are we going to get, is that going to be the blow off and done now that they're split off on separate brands? I can only imagine, gonna, yeah. We're going to pick up a feud with Seth and, and Finn now after I, this? I can only, I mean, they're not going to take the Intercontinental belt to SmackDown at this point. Right. I can't imagine that. Yeah. So absolutely, I think Seth pulls this one off. After that, I would like to see a proper Seth and Finn feud because, my God, they had this match later in the show, and it was phenomenal. Every time these guys work together, it's great. It's a a great match. And once again, they put on a great show. Very exciting. Wonderful counters. they, They have such chemistry together. And even though Seth does pull off the win here, Finn did look strong. And once again, it was one of those things, like with the ladder match in Jetta, where Seth barely pulls it out. Skin of his teeth, like there, but for the grace of God goes Finn kind yep. of thing. So Finn definitely looks a lot better in this, even though he still comes up short. And I do wonder at what point Finn comes up short one too many times and they turn him heel. Starts to give, stop smiling. Stops. Well, he, or he could just keep the smile and be the cocky heel, yeah. which I'd be fine with too. Yeah. It might explain his, his smile more because his smile does great. He turns a little more smug. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I could, I could get in that. I think if you put the belt on him, he has a way to do that. And, and that gives him that kind of ego confidence to make it smuggy in yeah, that sense. I could see him. Yeah, I could see the, the, the classic angle where he has to go to heel tactics to win the belt. Right. And then Seth's got to fight back for the belt. That, I would like to see that program. Yeah. I definitely would, especially with, I the, wouldn't be mad at especially it with sure. the matches that uh, we've been getting from them. Yep. And also, I have to real quick point out before we move on to the next segment was the man Finn set himself up for a, a major uh, what do you want to call it? A, a blackmail material in this segment here where uh, he says, well, you know, I, I've, Seth, you should give me a match. And Seth goes, well, I wasn't really going to have a match with you, but, and Finn goes, I like that, but <laughs> I, I, you know what? I didn't even process that while I was watching it. What I did, my, see, my puerile brain was in the gutter. Apparently he also got not quite to the, to the level of Seth Rollins. He also got quite a pretty big ovation when he came out to the point that it made him forget it would look like you forget the first time he was put, throws his hands up on his yeah. entrance. And then the, during the second one, he actually did it and, and everyone did it and everybody did it. And then between it, they did a quick cut to Seth Rollins who was corpsing going, Oh my God. Yeah. And like, and look at his arms like goosebumps. Yeah. Point out the goosebumps. That was pretty special. Yeah, I, that was, well, again, Montreal, yeah. put make making something even better because of their level of involvement and Finn's entrance there's, he's gone to a lot of places where he does the raising the arms thing, and like half the crowd does it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, okay, <laughs> I guess. And it's it's kind of sad, and maybe it's Finn not being over uh, as is a constant source of discussion. Yeah. Um, and Finn always, you know, references on Twitter, but it's you know when you see a whole crowd do it like they used to do in NXT, it is spine tingling. It's a great you know entrance, and I miss his full entrance. I have to admit, even though it is you know. <laughs> very long <laughs> but i do miss the full entrance sometimes but anyway yeah glad to see that finn's getting a little bit more shine they had a great match uh and then we also moving on we had a promo from the uh, the officially the deleters of worlds matt and bray they gave us a bit more definition of what they are going to be matt is going to be the light bray is going to be the darkness they are the yin to each other's yang 
And uh, what did you think about this whole? I enjoyed the promo thing? for itself, but apparently the commentary team did not. Well, this is- Corey Graves is having to constantly defend the legitimacy of of this whole gimmick and explain it as if he's a college professor to Michael Cole and Byron Saxton. Agreed. That was the point I took away from this as well. The promo was fine. I I liked the dynamic that they're having. Uh, both of the guys can murder a promo, but afterwards, when you cut back to Coach and Cole. Uh, kind of smirking, not even not even acting confused, but acting supercilious, just very uh, uh, aggressively cynical of it. Cynical yeah. of it, and Corey Graves so earnestly trying to put it over. Corey Graves is supposed to be your heel commentator. He's the guy you don't want to agree with, in typically, right? right. And then Cole and and Coach are supposed to be either your face guys or at the you know what they actually are, which is wet cardboard guys. And they're the ones who are like, okay, well, it is what it is. So if you have them judging this in that way, it does take away some of what should be kind of almost a corny mystique to it. And and having uh, Corey so earnestly putting it over, it takes away from Corey's character as a heel commentator. Or, or as, you know, if he's playing the devil's advocate, then he needs to do that consistently. The lack of consistency in the commentators makes it so that's confusing what they're trying to tell us about this angle. And you know, if, if the commentary is coming across as being, ah, whatever, this is just dumb. Even if it's, if it's guys that the, the quote unquote cool fans don't agree with all the time, it still makes you feel kind of weird about liking this angle. If it's being sold in this way by the commentary team, I agree. And if it's one of those things where people do like it, and I genuinely do like this thing that's going on, this reinvention of Bray Wyatt and this, you know, getting Matt Hardy a little bit of shine, this gimmick that we've been waiting on for more than a year at this point. But the commentary being so schizophrenic about whether or not we're allowed to like it or we should like it, that feels, that puts it off to me. I don't know that many people care about this from a commentary perspective as much as you and I are, are talking about it, but it does make a mess of whether or not it gets over with the, the WWE universe. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a subtle thing that, that concerns me when I look at it, yeah. and it's just something worth discussing on, on this show because it's something that I noticed, and uh, frankly, unless Senior Benjamin comes in and beats the crap out of Michael Cole... <laughs> Yes. I'm not. I'm not going to be down with this, but they could. They could pull this out. They could throw Michael Cole into the lake of reincarnation. You never know. He I, has gotten in the ring before. I would pay good money to see that. Me too. Uh, speaking of turning into the heat, Titus O'Neil, uh, world after, slide. Oh my God! After one of the greatest botches in history, uh, came out this week, and my God, you know, backstage they had to have loved. Loved, loved, loved this. I mean, not just Kevin Dunn and Vince replaying the damn thing on Greatest Royal Rumble over and over and over and over again yep. and making Corey crack up every time, <laughs> but then showing it again on this show to Titus, having Renee go, Titus, would you take a look at what just happened at Greatest Royal Rumble and making him watch himself bail under the ring? By the way, he already has shirts out about this. The Titus World Slide? He is absolutely going to make He's going to make money off of this. Oh, yeah. He, he's absolutely looking on the bright side. Well, I think it's bigger heart. than that. Uh, I, well, they're, I think so. They're, you mentioned they're steering into this. They're, I mean, it's he had a spot where he slipped off the ring again. So is it going to become a thing now where Titus just constantly falls and slips and trips over everything? I was going to say, I don't want this to become a constant gimmick for him. Like, it's going to get old real fast. Um, I liked this the promo they had here where Titus was like, yeah, I'm just going to basically make a positive out of this. And Corbin comes in and talks smack to him. And, and Titus ends up coming down, as you said, interfering in Corbin's match later in the evening against No Way Jose and slipping on the apron and distracting Corbin and costing him the match. Noe Jose with a quick roll-up. Uh, again, I don't want this to be a constant gimmick where Titus is just a pratfall artist now. Yeah. 
but for a little bit, it's fun. Yeah, yeah let's have some fun with this. It Better was than f- what they've been doing with it. It was so. a fun moment, but <laughs> let's not drive it into the damn ground. Yeah. Next up, we had uh, Elias and Bobby Roode. So this is starting to get really good, isn't we it? We were nervous about this. I was nervous. I'm mostly nervous about face Bobby Roode. I can't get my head around that. Um, but I, I'm well known as loving Elias at this point. So I love everything Elias does. But I, I love Bobby Roode, but not face Bobby Roode. So that's where my concern with this lies. So I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah, I, I have to say Bobby Roode might not be the most uh, engaging face to put against Elias, but at least they're kind of on the same level. But at the, at the same point, both of them need wins at this point. And someone's going to have to lose this feud at some point. Someone's not going to look as good as the other one. And that's not good for whoever that is. And I frankly suspect it's going to be Bobby Roode who yeah. comes out of this not looking as good. I agree. Uh, although uh, this week Elias did get the first strike, he uh, in their match he drove Bobby Roode's neck into the turnbuckle, uh, oh. supposedly, and and caught, you know Bobby Roode had to be stretchered or taken away with a neck injury. So we'll see where this leads. I like the fact that it started off with this kind of angle, uh, with an injury angle, and Elias has injured Bobby, and so it instantly gets some heat on this. Yeah, but I am I am curious to see where this is going, which is better than I was a week ago, which is where which was. I don't want to see this. <laughs> okay. So at least they've got me engaged now. Well, we got another round of a moment of bliss this week. Uh, I just, I am going to go on record and say Alexa bliss might be one of the most brilliant women wrestlers I've ever seen. For, as far as promo, as far as sports entertainers I'll, I've ever seen. I, I'm still not a hundred percent on her in, in the ring. Yeah. But me, she's I'll very re- good. Rephrase that as sports entertainers. Yeah. She's yeah. very good. But my God, my, I was I had literal tears running down my face during this public service announcement this week, uh, where she again tries to se- tries to give evidence of how Naya is a bully, not her, but Naya is the bad guy. Uh, talking about a trip that they took to Disneyland, where Naya uh, constantly denigrated her and tried to, you know, got her kicked off the teacup ride oh, because she was too short. She was too short. Yes, Naya standing there with two turkey legs, one in each hand, and. <laughs> Just subtle little stuff like that, and we're not supposed to laugh. Ale- we're not but supposed it's, to fat shame it's, people. But that's funny. That's just goddamn funny, and it's <laughs> because we're laughing at the fact that Alexa's a big enough dick to fat shame Naya. Yes. It's here. It's yes. it's, it's, it's who being, is IRL her? But best here's friend. the thing: it's done in a way that it's it's not. It doesn't come across as genuinely mean spirited. It comes across as the character being mean spirited. Yeah, it's cliche enough to be right. The, that, it's yeah. it's not where you're getting the feeling like this is actually how WWE writers feel, right? Um, or where there's no comeback for it. It's this. This is actually a genuinely funny jab. Um, in the it, it, given the character in the context, I thought this. I thought it was well done and it was funny. Uh, but that being said, God, the Alexa, the way Alexa sells this, the way that she her delivery. So damn spot on. So she does have a rematch at uh, Backlash with Nia Jax for yeah. the Women's Championship. Uh, what do we do after this? What are things looking like beyond Backlash? I don't know. I can't imagine she would get the title back this quickly, but especially considering how long her last title reign was. But uh, it's not like I can't not see it. I have some uh, thoughts, it, but I want to talk about what comes later uh, before we get to that. Okay, yeah, let's let's come back to this. But all I got to say about this, just to put a, a, a final piece on it, is she's got to be careful she doesn't get too over yeah. With these things, because uh, when a heel gets this funny, it's you're in danger of becoming more popular than the faces. Yeah. Just yeah. throwing that out there. 
Uh, next up, we had a match with Ruby Riots facing off against Sasha Banks, and I'm not sure where this came from. Do you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, they're they're still kind of they're still slow burning this Bailey Sasha feud, which I'm worried is going to kill the feud when they finally pull the trigger on it. No one's going to care because it's just taken so long to build. Uh, and you've got Ruby Riot now on Monday Night Raw, so it's there. There was some tension in the last couple of weeks. It's all back like little backstage vignettes, and it's all not being very well sold. That being said, this match was was really good. Yeah, um, you would. It wasn't know, on the Hulu edition, would, right? You wouldn't know if you watched the Hulu edition, but it was a very good match. Both of these women can really work, and they do work well together. And it shows how underutilized they are. That this is just kind of a throwaway match, and they can have a match of this quality with no real build and no real stakes. But uh, yeah, as far as the Sasha Bailey thing, it's just why is it such a holding pattern? Are they going to get through backlash and then pull the trigger on it? And if they do. Is it going to be too late? Well, we're only a month away from from Money in the Bank at this point. So, I mean, it's a matter of how much time do you really have to build something? In four weeks, they could absolutely build it if oh, they did sure. it right. Sure. But uh, but this was just a, a placeholder match that was, unfortunately, I mean, for what, you know, however you want to say it, it was unfortunately a good match. <laughs> that nobody saw. <laughs> that no one, right? well, or, Unless you were there or watched live. Or or if, they, if you did see it, you may not have realized what a good match it was because it just kind of you know came and went and didn't have any stakes. It's you know, just time fill. Right. Well, hey, we had another appearance by the authors of Pain this week, which I was very excited uh, to hear their music. But this was preceded by an interview backstage with, uh, what, what were their names? Jean-Claude. Francois and Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude and Francois. Yes, very two very Canadian jobbers. Extremely French Canadian. Very, <laughs> very, very obnoxiously Canadian. Uh-huh. Uh, in uh, in Gorilla getting interviewed, uh, and and about how great Canada was, and they're speaking in French and coming out to the the French crowd, and then the authors of Pain come out and murder yes. them. Yes, they lasted about fifteen seconds yeah, before typical, they got into the super collider. Squash, yeah, yeah. But then Authors of Pain, first of all, I miss the old Authors of Pain uh, video, the Titantron video. The new one doesn't... They're just doing graphics. They're just putting the AOP up there. They're putting AOP up there with the same kind of like ochre and and brown and red that you see with Bludgeon Brothers. And they're already a little too close to that as far as like they're the monsters on Monday. Like I liked the black and white horror faces images popping up in it. Uh, This... This is not working for me as much as their presentation. And yeah. I miss Paul Ellering because after the match, they gave promo. They, you know, yelled into some mics and saying, we're going to take out everyone on Raw. Well, they also they, forgot they needed the mic to up to their mouth to to actual so people could hear what they were they saying. They kept the mics up to their mouths while they were speaking English. And when they started talking Turkish or whatever, Punjabi, whatever. I know they're, one of them's Turkish, one of them's Punjabi, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they pulled it away a little bit, you okay. know. So it just it just sounded like they were yelling stuff. Listen, I ain't mad at this at all because anytime you have sort of foreigners yelling in their foreign language, uh, especially on the the darker heel side of thing and just angry and mad, I'm all about it. This is this was I know this so is exactly you, uh, how I want AOP presented. Just just ministers <laughs> of death. That's I know all I care about. It's funny because for, it, that could sound awkward when you say that, but I know I know that you genuinely just like sitting there and going, "I don't know what they're saying, but it sounds angry and I it's cool." I don't have to care, You're right? Exactly. That's the point. Yeah, I, but the, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds cool. Yeah, uh, but no, again, they're really mad. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are very, very mad when they're on the mic. Uh, yeah, still waiting to see where they go with AOP. Obviously, we're going to get Jobberland for a while until they determine 
who they're going to feud with first, who they're going to kill. I think they're probably going to wait a while to give them shots at the tag titles. I don't think they want to take them off of Matt Hardy no. and Bray just yet. And these guys, when they go for the titles, it should be like Bludgeon Brothers where they just annihilate a path to the titles, get them done. Now, to me, this is a total first step build rebuilding of the Raw tag team division. Let's get the titles where they, where they are right now is with the deleter of worlds. I can't believe I said that out loud. And we got AOP. We've got the other teams that are going to come up. I'm hoping we see the revival being in this mix somewhere. So I think this is a f- good first step and let's us reestablish the tag team division on Raw, uh, which it, which it needed. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that it needs, the the women's division on Raw, I, I got to say, is still kind of in a shambles, as we just said about Ruby Riot and Sasha. And then we had a match tonight with Natalia versus Mickey James as, you know, kind of retaliation match for After last, last week. After last week, kicking her in the back and yeah, all that. Yeah, and, and Ronda Rousey was out ringside, and Alexa Bliss was out ringside with Mickey James. At a some point, of course, Alexa tries to get involved, and Ronda Rousey chases her down, chases her up the ramp, and Natalia picks up the, the clean win over Mickey James. Would you, do you read anything into the Ronda and Alexa interaction? Might Not we, yet. Might we be seeing something if Alexa wins at Backlash? Uh, yes, I think we might be seeing do something. Do you think they're going to have Ronda go for the title that quickly? Uh, I don't think they're going to put the title back on Alexa Bliss yet, but we'll we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, I do see a potential feud building here. I just don't know. Uh, I, I You guys have heard me talk about Rousey plenty of times at this point, but I don't know if she's there yet. I like her being the sidekick of Natalia so she can train and learn how to work a match just by watching and being there, how to be on TV, how to look at things like the hard camp. All of that stuff being observant ringside is much better. You're never going to learn that stuff without In being the back. out there. Yeah. So I, I like what they're doing with Rousey by teaming her up with Natalia. Where it goes with Alexa Bliss, I think is yet to be seen. I don't I'm I'm fifty fifty. I'd be okay with it, but I'm I'm not I don't think it's a kind of a sure thing yet. Maybe like post backlash if Naya retains, then we see like uh, some tag feuds going forward, like with Alexa we, and Mickey yeah, and Mickey. That we could do something like that. Or if we get all the way to money in the bank a year a year a month from now and we still haven't seen Ronda Rousey have a full, clean, one-on-one women's match, I'm going to start to get a little more concerned. But well, I'm okay with where she's at right like now. Like I said, I think she's a long-term project. Yeah. They're, they're paying her more than all the other women. They're going to take her, their time with her and make sure that she, is, she pays off. Uh, but that being said, it's going to be very curious to see what happens after, uh, after Backlash, especially because we didn't even see Ember Moon this week, yeah. and she's a big piece that they've just put on the Monday Night Raw as well. Uh, speaking of big pieces on Monday Night Raw with no real direction yet, <laughs> Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler had well an interesting shirtless promo in a closet uh, this week, which Dude, was bizarre. Bro. Dude, bro. It was bizarre, to say the least. Uh, they reestablished that they're, they've got a chip on their shoulder and they're salty and they're, they're better than everybody else and they're going to come from every, for everybody else at some point. whoop de doo I didn't think it could get much worse than debuting Shinsuke Nakamura with Ziggler last year, but they've done it. They've managed to pull it off. This is the absolute worst thing they could have done to debut Drew McIntyre. He I, looks like, uh, I just don't care. I'm not going to go and say it's the worst thing. I, I think yeah. I, 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 my jury is still very out on this. I think that, again, we're waiting till after the pay-per-view. Everything's just been jumbled up since the shakeup. We've had the greatest Royal Rumble. We've got backlash. There's nothing really set in stone yet. I'm waiting to see what happens after backlash with these two that maybe they have a direction for them that we don't see yet that when it happens, we'll go, oh, okay, and, and we'll buy in. We haven't had, we haven't had enough time with these two guys yet. I definitely have some massive trepidations about putting Drew McIntyre 
with Dolph Ziggler, given where Dolph Ziggler is in his career and his overness with the fans relative to Drew McIntyre and where he could be. But mm, so I'm definitely I, I'm being pet the wrong way on this. But uh, yeah, me too. I don't like it. I but my jury's still out. I want to see. I, I want to see Drew coming out with flames and bagpipes and just looking menacing. Uh, that's what. That's what he needs. That's his yeah. brand. Yep. And whether it's face or heel, it ain't gonna matter. It really isn't because he is that much of a presence. And ten years later, from when we had he was there the first time, my God. What an improvement he is! What what the time? How valuable the time in NXT was for him, and it feels like that they just cut his legs out from under him by by saddling him with with Dolph Ziggler. You know, but here's the thing: I think this may be a test. I I really do. I think this may be them putting the polka dots on Dusty, or or you know, giving okay. giving giving him the red rooster gimmick and making him come out and and crow. Can you get over with this? Can you you say you're the man? You you came back. You want to prove something? Well, prove you can get over. You know, I, and I, here's the thing. He was plenty over in NXT, but uh, he's the kind of guy they could easily saddle the whole company on. Oh, totally. He's got the presence. He's got the mic ability. He's got the look. He is what they wish Roman Reigns was. Oh, totally. You know, he really is. He's what I wish Roman Reigns, and, Reigns was. And I think they're what they're going to do, uh, uh, this is complete rampant wild speculation on my part. I'll admit that right now. Yep. But if he can get over with this, then I think that proves that they can put more responsibility on him. So work with Ziggler, get your, get him over, get Ziggler over with this, yep. and we'll see what happens. Well, the last thing we really wanted to talk about here was uh, we can't get away from Raw, and we know we've harped on this for the, for the last couple of weeks. Um, w- there was still a mass amount of propaganda off the back of the Greatest Royal Rumble about Ugh. Saudi Arabia and how there were women and, and female well, kids they, in the they audience had, they and all a of video this package. stuff. They played this video package on Monday Night Raw, I think maybe twice, uh, highlighting how WWE was basically the reason, like it was, it was at the forefront of creating this uh, progressive new direction for Saudi Arabia and how they were, they were bringing this progressive ideals to the vision 2030 plan on all of this stuff. And in this promo package, pretty much all you saw was women and children in the audience being super happy. And then a couple of guys, but it was, it was, they were trying so hard to push this, this agenda, this, uh, this just rampant, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so frustrated by this because it's, it's such hypocrisy and it's such just blatant whitewashing of what, what was really happening there. Uh, and while on one hand, I'm really happy that the people in that country got to see this show, and I'm sure it was really fun and amazing for them. On the other side, that's great. You can show all the women in the audience who weren't allowed to be there without a male escort, by the way. So uh, we'll get it. And again, we don't want to harp on this any more than we absolutely have to. It was on the show as much as it was, and we had to note that it happened. Um, but there are more things we need to discuss about the greatest Royal rumble down in our news and notes segment later in the show, because there was more controversy. There's still controversy going on about this show. And there's some more ugly stuff that's come out about it since then. So let's leave that on the table for now. We'll come back to that. And in the meantime, let's go over and talk about SmackDown live. Leon is most of the uh, episodes of SmackDown live recently have centered around Top of the show, AJ Styles and uh, the upcoming rematch with Shinsuke Nakamura. This time, though, we got a special treat. Yes. 
Uh, officially, it yes. has now been declared a no disqualification match by SmackDown yes. Live General Manager Page, so that the peen chasses, uh do not count as disqualifications. So I'm wondering if this match is going to be hashtag Pinchasa City. Oh my god! Okay, we're we're overusing the Pinchasa <laughs> thing at this point. It's funny, but <laughs> there's let's no not, such thing. Let's not drive it into the ground. Uh, that being said, no, I'm super happy. This is no DQ. That's great. Uh, the interesting aspect of this is, will AJ be able to get as vicious? We know Shinsuke is going to do anything he can right. to win the title. Will AJ be willing to do anything to keep the title? And that's just the classic heel-face dynamic in this type of no-DQ match. Great. I love that storyline. I'm all in. I'm all in on that storyline. Fantastic. Will Shinsuke and his brilliant new heel persona be able to get the title because he's willing to do anything especially knock on aj's aj's which he's been doing (laughs) literally every show including this one he gave him another one on this damn show while aj was busy being distracted by samoa joe yes at the top of the ramp who came out and delivered a killer promo killer promo by by the way a killer promo that built three potential feuds three matches he built, uh, not potential in some of them. He built, Samojo comes out and builds his feud with Roman Reigns on Sunday. He comes out and builds the feud between Shinsuke and AJ. And he came out and built a potential feud between himself and AJ Styles, where he said, doesn't matter who wins, you or Shinsuke, I'm coming for the title. So he's now, him or, you know, he's built a feud between AJ or Shinsuke. We've got three things he built here, and he did it all in two minutes. Yep. Fantastic. This, and I mean, convincingly. Yeah, and, and any superstars that were backstage, I hope they went and watched. Anybody that struggles doing promos because that is exactly how you promo. That is, that's A-plus promo material. You know that WWE trusts your promo when they get that camera zoomed in to chin to forehead. Kevin Owens gets it, uh, and Samoa Joe gets it. AJ does not get it because AJ is not as confident in his promo, and you could see that this week. He was His promo was not good to open this show. It was, it was very awkward. It looked like he was trying to remember his lines. Joe was money, and they were up in Joe's face with that camera, which shows that he, you know, they believe in his ability to sell stuff just with his face and his words. Yep. So, and and it, it did. He and did. I believe him. I I believe him. I I think Joe should be have a rocket strapped to him. I agree. And once they figure out that Roman Reigns isn't going to be the guy, they need to just take. It's oh, going to yeah. be him or AJ Styles, and they just need to take the whole company and just sit it on his shoulders. I was okay. questionable in the past about Samoa Joe. Uh, for, I guess he debuted, was it last summer, when he came out and he started the whole feud with uh, with uh, Braun and, and Brock Lesnar for a while? Yeah. The, the best Brock Lesnar feud of the last year, by the way, was Agreed. him and Samoa Joe. Agreed. And part of that was because Paul knows how to sell Samoa Joe beautifully. Yep. Like he was actually scared of him. And it Joe was, countering with his own promos. You know, that whole ping pong back and forth for two months was brilliant. Where he choked brilliant. out Paul Heyman, too. Yeah. Like made him look even scarier. It, oh, was, yeah. a, it was a brilliant, brilliant uh, program that they had. I will get into this when we do our backlash picks, but I really think they've got to give Joe some more weight and and give him like make when he says I'm going to beat somebody up, have him beat the person up. Yeah, you know, give Joe some legitimacy. He needs that because right now, unfortunately, on the main roster, he's for the most part just been words, and he hasn't really been able to back it up, uh, except for accidents like you know messing up uh, Seth's leg when he first when he first debuted. Yeah. So yeah, please, please, please let Joe 
uh, let Joe have some sort of legitimacy at some point. I would actually even like to see a three-way dance between uh, Shinsuke, AJ, and Joe. I think that's not out of the question. I don't think so. I would would be all about that. That would be beautiful. Two different kinds of heels to face off against AJ, like the the intelligent killer and then the psychopath in in Nakamura. Three-way ladder match for the WWE Championships at Money in the Bank? Yeah, maybe. Well, by the way, another little interesting note. So, speaking of the AJ-Shinsuke match this Sunday, it would be fun if Shinsuke did win his first WWE Championship off AJ Styles with a low blow because if you remember your history that is actually how aj styles won his first wwe championship by low blowing dean ambrose i did not remember that but now i do Uh, weird weird uh that would be great history repeating itself oh karma coming back yes 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 speaking of karma coming back speaking of karma let's get back and talk about big cast and this midget because you uh you have some issues with the fact that big cast came out this week and cut a very good promo uh, on Daniel Bryan, who was not on the show due to medical issues because of what Roderick Strong did to his chest at the Greatest Royal Rumble, uh, allegedly. We don't know really know why, if that was a medical reason he's off the show. Sure. Although I would believe it, considering his chest looked like freaking hamburger after that match, man. Woo-wee. And, and it's very real that he could potentially get a staph infection from all that bruising that was yeah. going on. Oh, no, it's, it's, that's legit. I've heard a lot of people go, oh, come on. Was he going to stub his toe? and Or pectoral con- contusions. As, Those as were w- legit pectoral contusions. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was gross, and I loved it. Yes, me too. But yes, but so Big Cass comes out, cuts a promo about how shitty Daniel Bryan is and how he's going to beat him on Sunday and show how little people are not as good as big people. And he said, but here's Daniel Bryan right now. And out comes a midget, a little person, excuse me, Thank you. dressed as Daniel Bryan. So I'm going to direct my stance on this towards you, not the WWE, okay. because you have been on record saying how much you disliked WWE steering into the fat shaming angle. So now it was I'm, the way that they steered into it, but sure. Yes. Uh, so I don't, I didn't like, this was fine for me until he started getting a little too punny and making fun of the little person's size. Now, was that because of the little person or was that because of Daniel Bryan? No, no, being, I think not there being are two tall. things in this world that I think are the funniest things ever that make me laugh. Not that they are farting and little people. The things they are just, they just make me laugh. They fill me with joy. Okay. But the fact that you're, big on, a, Cass, you're on a knife edge here, buddy. Big Cass. Doing the thing, saying the things that he was saying, Such I don't as. feel like uh, making references to how little he is and coming up short right. and all of those things. Very short sighted. Very short sighted, yes. Is akin to the Nia Jax fat shaming stuff that was going on on Monday Night Raw a month or so ago. So I don't think that, I mean, obviously WWE likes to do this kind of stuff. I thought we were past it at this point, but I guess not. Maybe Vince Russo snuck in and wrote a couple of things in creative. But I, we were very hard on WWE for the fat-shaming stuff that was going on about Nia Jax, so I don't think it's fair for us to sit here and, and say that this is okay. Uh, you know what, though? But I, I, I don't see this in the same league here, especially because, I mean, here's the thing. WWE does have a long history of having little people wrestlers, whether it's El Torito or Hornswoggle or sure. whoever. Uh, and and having and playing up the fact that yes, they are a little person. That's who they are. Daniel Bryan is not a tall man. All right, he's not. But it's not something that that is going to be an emotional issue for him, right? Uh, sure. And and in the case of this little person who's involved in this angle with Cass, part of the thing was that you you want. I mean, yes, it's going to be the essentially the same thing. But I think it's apples and oranges. I really do between 
having Cass talk down to the little person for being short. He's a, we, we just called him a little person, right? What, what, where's the differentiation here? I don't so, know. And then having him give him the big boot, which, of course, is just the ultimate heel move, is you know having him be, hey, by the way, the little person, the guy who's playing Daniel Bryan right here, yes, he's playing Daniel Bryan. He's from here in Quebec. It's Pierre. It's Pierre from <laughs> Quebec, Canada, yeah. and him getting the hometown cheers and then big booting the crap out of this little guy. Uh, that's, he, that's classic heel work. What I didn't think it was was tasteless in the same way as the Mickey James old shaming or the Nia Jax. Even that, because again, if you go back and listen, I thought that the way for the most part that they did the, the Nia Jax and Alexa stuff, I thought that it was in the same vein as this, where it came across that the heel was being a bad person, not that the WWE was getting a laugh in the, in the back about these jokes that they were writing, if that makes sense. I think this differentiation between having the character be a bad person and the company kind of endorsing the verbiage or the actions that are going okay, on. Okay, sure. So I felt like this was more in the former on that, where this was this was the apple, and the orange was when you had the Mickey James jokes, which Mickey didn't have any retort for, and they kept turning into it as though everyone in the back was like, she is kind of old. <laughs> you know, well, which which was I, I thought was well, how do you again, differentiate that? And between... again it was the double standard of that where Mickey yes. is, Mickey's younger than John Cena, but we're not making old jokes about John Cena. Right. So anyway, I, I yeah, I didn't I didn't rate this at all as being offensive or insensitive or any of this. I'm just trying to wind PC you up over nonsense. Here. Yeah, yeah, and it worked. God. So good, mission accomplished. Yeah, all great. Right. All Do right. we care now about the, Big Cass yet? Uh, I like this. I like this bit. Okay, I, I'm still sorry. Montreal you, wouldn't let him get you, it out. You but, have me you know. all wound up now, yeah. man. Uh, speaking of speaking of getting wound up, we got to talk about Ms. TV because he definitely wound up. Uh, he was like the Swiss utility man this week. Uh, the 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 Swiss Army man. Like he just did everything. Uh, he built up. Uh, he built up three feuds in one segment. He built up his own feud with Daniel Bryan that may potentially happen. He brought out Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy and built up their potential feud. Uh, and he built up his own feud with Seth Rollins on Sunday. So he he just was doing a little bit of everything here. He, was, he got he had. Uh, as I said, he had his guests, Jeff and Randy, on Miz TV and tried to get them to fight each other, which, of course, ended up leading to a, uh, a tag match with that, uh, that Miz lost. Uh, and, and, and Randy ended up RKOing, I think, everybody. Everybody. So, he even RKO'd the ring, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, this, was, this was interesting to me. Does it do anything different for the Jeff Hardy-Randy Orton U.S. Championship match, which I, which I think was the focus of this? It was, and especially what was interesting to me is that Miz's partner in the tag match was Sh- Shelton Benjamin, uh, who has been inserting himself into the U.S. title picture. Now, he's obviously not in the match on Sunday, but... He has been involved, and as he said this week, he did have a win on Randy Orton. Yeah. So I would like to see him be involved in this going forward. I, having the four of these guys involved in the U.S. title picture, I think, would be great. So you think now, once Miz gets past the uh, Intercontinental Championship rematch on Sunday, he then inserts into the U.S. Championship yeah, picture? Yeah, I, th- I think we have four guys in the U.S. title picture. Again, which I know we just had, but this is an interesting uh, dynamic between these four. Obviously, three of these guys have been feuding since 2004, yeah. But uh, still, I, I still think it's not the worst thing that they could do with this title. I don't know if I want to take Miz out away from the uh, the focus of the Intercontinental Championship just yet, but I think ultimately you might be right. We're probably not going to get him back into that 
intercontinental picture until later in the year. Yeah, they're going to hold off on I've that. I've resolved myself to that yeah. at this point. And they're not going to put him right away with Daniel Bryan either. They're no. going to they're going to long play that as well. As as he said in the segment, where Daniel Bryan's now banned from Miz TV for a that's while. That's a SummerSlam so, match. Exactly. They're going to they're going to they're that's their way of indicating they're going to let it go for a while yep. and we're just going to have Miz do something else, which I think we saw here. Uh and finally, uh the big thing we have to talk about on this show, the main event. Yes. Which uh, I liked. I would like the fact that we had a women's main event, and no one made reference to the fact that it was a big deal. It just was. It was just there. It was just there, and it was fantastic. And it was a fantastic match. The Iconics and uh, uh, the Iconics and Carmella, the champ, versus Charlotte and Becky and Asuka. Now I want to give a little bit of shine to the Iconics for getting thrown right at three of your most over women in Charlotte, Becky, and Asuka. Like wow, what an opportunity to get! And well, you're, you're teaming up with the champ. The, the 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 roster isn't that deep, really, for the women on SmackDown right now. Pretty That's much, fair. The only, who's, who else is there? Oh, Lana, they all went to Raw. Lana and Naomi are the only other women at this point, and Tamina's injured. Right. So that's it. Thankfully. So, oh, well, an absolution, which we'll talk about in a second too, but. Uh, but that's the thing is in this match, of course, the Iconics went right into this feud. They were ready to go in NXT for the last year. Yeah. And they were just waiting for the right time to bring them up because they knew they were just going to get shot to the moon because they're 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 do they deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. Look at their work on the mic. Look at their work in the ring in this match, especially. This was a fantastic match in large part because of all the women's chemistry and timing. Everyone was where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be sold. Well, moved quickly. Uh, everyone got their moment to shine. It was a well-paced, well-booked match, and a large part of that is because everyone in this in this can work. And we haven't seen Carmella work in so long because of the Money in the Bank briefcase. It was nice to see her back and having some real fun with this too. By the way, there is a, a thought that we believe we want to put this out there to our fans and listeners, especially the New Japan fans. We believe that there might be some sort of conspiracy where Carmella is actually Naito Girl. Yeah, riff, riff. and that it sounds would, a lot like Naito. It does a little bit. It's it's kind of you could. I mean, where was she does. for the last year? Yeah, I don't she, know. She could have been in Osaka. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yep. Uh, but yeah, just compared to Raw, where they also had a three on three match, how much better was this match because of the just in the last couple of weeks? Like they didn't have to have much history, but all of these women had some sort of beef with each other. Yeah. Right. There was a little bit. There was enough heat to create some fun and some tension. And then you you had the way that they all interacted in here was just so much more interesting and so much more exciting than the three-on-three we had on Raw. The only one that threw me was we just came off of WrestleMania with Charlotte and Asuka having that match, and here we are three weeks later, and they're already tag-teaming together as super baby faces on, yeah, on, on TV. So but, they, but, but that what they, they had an explanation for that. They had all of the respect that Charlotte and Asuka showed each other in the, at the end of the match, and then after the match, if you watched like the WWE.com and, and YouTube and all that, they had a lot of promos from both women putting each other over, and it's so they, they did fill in that gap. There was no gap filled with Strowman and Roman. We yeah. have no reason to know why they are working together and why they're, they're now chill with each other. Uh, you know what I mean? There's, there's no <laughs> reason for that. He's going to come out to rescue Roman after he threw him into yeah, an ambulance. There's a know? reason that, that Charlotte and Becky, are, they're, they're best friends, and Asuka and Charlotte are now are cool after their match. They respect each other until Asuka turns heel. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just throwing that this out there. This is what this setup is all for, ladies uh, and gentlemen. That's, that's my suspicion. <laughs> and then you've established that Carmella and the Iconics are on the same page because the Iconics cost Charlotte the title. Yes. Uh, and let Carmella cash in. So there's a reason for both teams to be together. There's a re- reason for both teams to not like each other. Yep. 
just much better all around. Well, you mentioned Braun. I just wanted to throw it out there. Braun, if you're listening, uh, we ran across this picture of you this week that oh, would no. look like you are a San Diego State frat bro jock. Before the beard. Before the beard and the, the undercut long what ponytail. What we're saying is keep the beard. Keep the beard, dude. We keep like that long beard. undercut. Uh, I, I would promise you that Camilla will like that if, a, uh, a lot more. If, if you can grow the beard... Keep the beard. If as, you can grow that kind of beard, you should have that beard. Uh, speaking as, as someone who has yes. a monstrous beard over their neck, yes. uh, and speaking of myself as someone who can't grow a beard better than a 13-year-old, <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> yes, if you can grow a beard, absolutely keep the beard. In other uh, women's news on SmackDown, Absolution, who we just mentioned, was officially disbanded by Paige. We speculated on what was going to happen now that Paige was a face manager on SmackDown. Well, we saw it this week. She and Mandy and Sonya had a great backstage segment where they had this great interaction with each other where they felt, you know, it felt like you had history with them. They, had, they were friends. They had a connection. And then they wanted to, the, the two girls from Absolution wanted to have a championship match and want to get some favors from Paige. And Paige was like, that's not how it works here. Mandy, you have a match against Becky next week. And by the way, Absolution's no more. We're, you're officially disbanded. And there was this great awkward moment afterwards. And I was like, that's the most elegant way in two minutes to, to put a cap on this particular plot. Yep. Like, good. You just gave us all the plot we needed in two minutes. Boom. Now we can move forward with all three of these characters. Yes. Well and done. It, there was a part of me when they first walked in, I was like, oh, they're going to do it. They're going to do, uh, they're going to do, start getting favors from Paige and start, you know, coming to the ring together and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. I'm like, nope. I was no. very surprised. It was, it was very quick. It was very clean. We're not having any ambiguity on this. One, two, three. Boom. It's done. Uh, we are also seeing some build for a New Day versus Bar uh, uh, kind of feud going on here. We had uh, the Bar and the New Day face off against each other, other backstage. The Bar threw the New Day's pancakes away. You don't do that after uh, what was what was their butler's name, Mister Butworth or whatever, Mister Mister Booty Mr. Booty Booty Pants or Mr. something. Booty Pants. Yep. Uh, and and as they were presenting the pancakes, Biggie started oiling himself up, which was yes. beyond disturbing, but also hilarious. Uh, and then Seamus challenged uh, Xavier Woods to a match, which Xavier won on a surprise roll-up. So round one to the New Day. Uh, mm. I, how do you think about this feud going forward? I'm not sold on it yet because I'm, I'm not as big a fan of the, of the bar as you are. So it's I enjoy the New Day and the comedy stuff that goes on, but know that they can get in the ring and work a match. Uh, as good as any other tag team that, that's been there, but I, I'm not completely sold on the bar yet. So I don't know. Uh, I, I liked I, this match with Xavier and uh, and Sheamus. It, it was it was fine. I look forward to you saying that you enjoy their feud as as the weeks go on. Absolutely. Am I going to like it as much as New Day Usos last oh, year? Oh well, I mean, I mean that's I mean they set the bar pretty high, so to speak. Uh, eh, hey, <laughs> all right, well done, buddy. Uh, speaking of the <laughs> Usos, they were nowhere to be found this week, but. Uh, which was strange, but I guess makes sense. Uh, they, there's really nowhere to go right now before backlash with them. Uh, but well, they that, just did have a match with the Usos as well, or with, with the Bludgeon Brothers, Brothers and Jetta. So, yeah, this, yeah, and they don't fine. really want to rematch They're this off quickly. For a week. But uh, here's the thing: uh, we did have a very brief segment with Rusev Day, and we need to talk about this. I know we're running oh. a little long, but we need to talk about this really quickly yeah. because. This is setting up for some very weird stuff. We had Rusev and Aiden backstage discussing things and who should show up but Lana and uh, Lana in a Rusev Day t-shirt. In a Rusev Day t-shirt and uh, Aiden goes and steps aside and lets them have their moment. And uh, Lana says, you know, yeah, Rusev Day, that's great and all, but you know, you're kind of coming up short. You just lost the Undertaker and it's not really going as well as you think it is. And Rusev's like, what What are you saying? She's like, well, I think you're being held back. And he goes, what, what do you mean? Held back by who? And, 
Aiden pops back in. And goes, oh, sorry for my jacket. Camera move. Got my jacket and takes off. And Lana gives Rusev a meaningful look. Now, implication here is. No! First of all, first of all, I should be excited because, yes, Lana and Rusev back together. Fantastic. Awesome. Rusev, crush. I can't wait. Great. But now it looks like she's going to break up Rusev Day. No. Before they even have a chance to go face and really turn into all of the goodwill that they have, we're going to have some weird festival of friendship like breakup angle some some you know piper's barbershop or the uh, sorry beefcake's barbershop breaking up <laughs> yes. breaking up the tag team thing going on with rusev day ah, that's funny i i don't know how i feel about this man like aiden is such an integral part of the rusev day formula with his singing with the introduction and everything he's the guy i think who even coined it in the first place and if he is no longer with rusev day He's going to go down to enhancement land too sweet. I mean, this is I don't like this for a lot of reasons. Yep. I'm nervous as hell about this 45-second bit I saw this week on SmackDown Live with Rusev Day. What are you doing? I I am scared that they are just wanting to get the you know gorgeous, ravishing Lana back on TV and try to slot her in. Uh, as Rusev's sidekick within this Rusev Day heat that is going on and sacrifice Aiden. Ugh. And I, th- I that is my biggest fear yeah. because Vince likes tall blondes. Yeah. That's really what the, as simple as this comes down to. And they're finally over the heat that they had for going off and getting married. <sighs> so I... I- I don't I don't like this one bit. You yep. guys know how much I like Aiden English. He's a lot of fun to watch in the ring. He works really well. And as you were saying, the singing gimmick stuff is... If I remember right, he got the key from the mayor. I'm doing air quotes of his hometown last year at some point, and that was the beginning of this whole Plovdiv. thing. Plovdiv. thank you. Yep. So it's been going for so long, and it's gotten itself over so organically, and they're just just to get they, this is going to be it's going to be ruined. Is gonna, they're they're going to go down to history as having dropped the ball on a pretty big thing here. Yep. Just and you know taking the money from the shirts and running. And it's, ugh, I don't. I don't. I'm nervous. We'll see where this goes. All right, Nick. We're done with both of the main shows for uh, for WWE here. That means that it's time to do our picks for Backlash, which for is a coming card up. That I couldn't be much less. I any mean, excited. About. We've done this before. We we yeah. see the card and we're like, eh. And then we get some good stuff out of it. Yeah. I, this is a card I'm looking at. And I'm like, we could see some fun stuff here. It could be. I'm, and I'm really curious, actually, who, what's going to be the uh, the main event? What's going to be the final match on the card? If oh, it will I think be, a prop bet might be uh, necessary it, on that one. We might have to do a prop bet for this, uh, where if it's AJ versus Shinsuke or Roman versus Samoa Joe or the Dark Horse Charlotte versus Carmella. Ooh. Uh, so we'll 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 see about that. So let's start off at the. At, I'm just going to run down these kind of randomly. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. Who do you have in this one? Uh, I, I don't see any way Daniel Bryan loses this, but I do see how much they're pushing Big Cass. So you're going to hear this a lot from me on this card. There's, this is kind of, there's a lot of coin flips on this card. Uh, this is one of them for me to really kick things off. I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan winning this. It just really you know, makes the childish Healy stuff of Big Cass come out more and embroils the feud a little bit more, and this goes all the way to Money in the Bank. See, so I think Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I think this might go to Money in the Bank, but if so, I think Cass wins this and Bryan pulls it out eventually, hence the underdog thing. Yeah, okay. So I, I think Cass ends up cheating and beating him down and uh, and takes this match. Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. Who do you have? Oh, I don't see him taking it off of Nia yet, so I'm going to stick with Nia. Um, I do like what we were talking about earlier where this could eventually lead to uh, some action between 
Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey maybe as soon as SummerSlam if we if we get going with some of that stuff. So uh, I'm going to stick with Nia for now. And you know, Alexa's doing fine. She doesn't need. A she title. doesn't. I agree. She doesn't need the title right now. That being said, I, I'm going to pick Nia too. I'll say I'll give that caveat before I say this. I could see Alexa pick it back up only because. I don't know what other heels you really have on Monday in the women's division mm. to come after Nia other than Alexa. I really don't. The only thing I could see is that Nia holds it to money in the bank and then gets a cash in sometime early in the summer where someone else picks it up. But again, I don't know who that would be. You're at this right. Point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. But yeah, I, again, I'm going to say Nia because I just don't think they should take it off of her just no. yet. It would be too short of a reign. That being said, never stop them from taking it off of Sasha. So uh, Strowman and Lashley. Uh, teaming up to t- face off against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the absolute what the f match. Exactly. <laughs> Neither of these teams ne- can lose. That that's the weird part. They both need wins. They both. Uh, it's a question of who can eat the pin. And I honestly think that KO and Sami can eat the pin more than Strowman and Lashley. Strowman doesn't need anything, but Lashley really does. He needs some help. So I'm going to call Strowman and Lashley here. More than more because of that than me just being a straight Braun Strowman mark and a little bit of a uh, Bobby Lashley, but I, I just they need it more than KO and Sammy. I I don't even know that they need it. I think Kevin Owens and Sammy need to win pretty desperately, especially over such a monster team like this. I just don't see how they get it. Yeah, I don't true. see any way they beat these two guys, given how strong both of them have been booked. And I think both of them, uh, I think Lashley, I agree, he needs a signature win. And uh, I don't. I just don't see Strowman or Lashley lying down for these guys. No. I, I, even if you have shenanigans or whatever, I could see this match getting thrown out somehow. DQ or I just I don't see Kevin Owens, Sammy winning this clean. So yeah, I'm just going to see shenaniganry happening in this. Yeah, match but as I well. don't see them winning this clean by any stretch. Even with you know, if you, if you bring in, so I see it like like I said, a DQ. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I still say Strowman and Lashley just because I can't see Kevin Owens, and Sammy winning. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, next up, we got Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton for the U.S. title. Uh, how about you go first on this one? Man, this is a tough one. This coin is flip. a coin flip because I think they put it on Jeff Hardy just to get the title off of Raw, and I could easily see them putting it back on Randy. Uh, this is a tough one. I'm just going to say Jeff just because. Literally just because. I'll say Randy then because yeah. this, is, this is the coin flip one. Yeah, it's absolutely... There's no way to tell here. Uh, Randy doesn't have short feuds, so if they're building this long-term, I think you put it back on Randy and Jeff Chases, and maybe, like I said, maybe you get gender involved or yeah, something like that. Uh, the right? only reason I... I, I or think, not gender. Um, who was I thinking of? Miz or... Miz, or, thank or, you. Or uh, Shelton. Benjamin. Benjamin. Uh, yeah, again, I think this is, this is going to become a four-way or a three-way dance as the, as the yeah. months go on here. So I, it could be on Randy or Jeff for that. I just see... Jeff, because Randy stood tall on SmackDown. That's the only reason I can think of. Charlotte versus Carmella for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. Who do you have here? Um, Either champion's advantage comes into play in this match. Obviously, there's no stipulation, so I see Carmella somehow chicken shit healing it out and retaining the championship. She just got it two weeks ago. There's no way they're going to flip it now. I would tend to agree with you, especially because, in addition, she does have the Iconics uh, lurking in the wings. uh, And also because, again... Charlotte stood way tall, big time on SmackDown Live with her with with after Oscar just cleaned house and picked up the win for their team. Uh, Charlotte ends up coming out of the ring and and Carmella's cringing at the top of the ramp. Uh, yeah, she's she, Carmella's winning on Sunday. Yeah. It's too much fun right now with her having the belt and everything yeah. else happening around her. Yes, I love that that kind of setup. 
Hey, next up we got uh, Miz versus Seth Rollins for the what we'll call the Intercontinental Blow-Off match. You know, I, <laughs> uh, who you got here? Uh, they're blowing this off, Seth Rollins. Easy. Yep. Yeah, uh, there's, they can't take the title back to uh, SmackDown Live yeah. at this point, so it's got to be Seth. No real discussion necessary, but we do have to discuss this next one. AJ versus Shinsuke, no DQ for the WWE Championship. Do they finally pull the trigger on Shinsuke here? Does he pull it out here? I want to say yes because they need to. Um, and I think that I've been thinking about this one all week long. And when I heard they made it a no disqualification match, I think that plays into his favor. And I think he does get the championship here. It's nowhere near. This is literally like chapter two of this entire feud, which is going to go on what I think for throughout the rest of the year uh, in various fashions. So, yeah, I'm calling Nakamura here to uh, to take it. I have been wrong on every AJ Styles Nakamura match so far. So I think I may be wrong again here. I'm going to pick AJ simply because I can see it being more interesting having a feud with him as the champ versus Samoa Joe and Nakamura chasing but uh and and then also if Nakamura does step aside after this then we have a little interlude with Joe I I see AJ retaining here but it's a very very strong possibility another coin flip if you will yes that Nakamura could pick it up and in some ways I'm picking AJ just because it seems that whatever I pick it's the opposite so hopefully I'm wrong and my being wrong means that Nakamura is the champ, and I'll be completely happy with that because that's going to be fun <laughs> yes. as hell. Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe in the Who Gives a Crap match. Who do you got this with? I this don't one? know. I, I hate that these guys are on different brands because I literally liked this feud. I, I've been pr- touting my Samoan feud thing for oh, eight months now. And now so. it's down the tubes. You get one match, buddy. Uh, Roman. Roman Roman goes over. Yep. I, I am going to agree with you on that. I think that Roman gets his wins back from uh, WrestleMania and from Greatest Royal Rumble. Yep. Samoa Joe, goes on to feud on Joe's SmackDown going Live away. for the WWE Championship. He's fine. He, he's gonna, he has to go and win whatever first feud he's in on SmackDown. He's got to win it and look legit. But I think they're just going to they're gonna have Roman go over him here to yeah. be able to stay strong on Monday. Anyone who thinks that Roman's not still the man did not watch Raw this week where he was the center of of attention he was three people came out like i want to have a match with roman reigns for no reason other than he was roman reigns if you think that roman reigns is not still the centerpiece you have not been watching i'm so bored with roman reigns make it stop all right so at the top of our picks i said we needed to do a prop bet for which match goes last and it's roman versus samoa joe aj versus shinsuke or the wild card do they pull out the charlotte versus carmella smackdown live women's championship match here or do we have to throw in the uh, Nia and Alexa Bliss match as a possibility as well? Uh, I'm not going to say Nia and Alexa because Charlotte is still the A-lister as far as the women's division. If anyone's going to go last, it will be Charlotte. However, the only way they'll do that is if they really want to apologize for not having any women in Jeddah, and I don't think that they're nope. smart enough to do that uh, because that would be seen as a complete gimme if they did that. I don't think they think they did anything wrong. It, it's that, that too. Uh, it's going to, in my opinion, it's between AJ, Shinsuke, and Roman Samoa Joe, uh, I th- who I think they should put on last is AJ Shinsuke. That's the one I think should go on last. Uh, will it go on last? Again, it's a damn coin flip, and it really is going to come down to if they want to put their championship on top or if they want to put Roman on top. And that could really go either way. Coin flip. Coin flip. <laughs> uh, damn you for making me answer this first because I was going to go opposite whatever you said. Oh, really? Uh, okay. I was, just to make it interesting. I'm going to throw a curveball. That's why I'm making you do it first. Oh, geez. You're going to go Charlotte Carmel, aren't you? Nope. Uh, oh, geez. All right. Well, then I will. You know what? I'm going to go against what I normally do. 
I'm going to, I normally am pragmatic. This time I'm going to go hopeful and I will say AJ and Shinsuke. Okay. I'm going to say Roman and Samoa Joe is going to be the quote unquote air quotes main event or last match of the night because I have seen them in the past do this where they might open up with the championship match. So I'm thinking they might pull a curveball on us and open up with AJ and Shinsuke to start the night. I'm going to be so amused if Roman and Joe start the thing. Oh, <laughs> but because the, the this is a smaller scale pay-per-view in the midst of everything between WrestleMania and Money in the Bank over the course of that 60 days, I, I think they might swerve us here. I've seen them do it in the past year once or twice. I think we're going to get it uh, to open up. So I'm going to say Roman and Joe closes out the night. Well, all right, then. Those are our picks. We've got a lot more to talk about and not a lot of times. So let's head on over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. Well, kicking things off with NXT, we started things off with Kyrie Sane coming out to face off against uh, someone we haven't seen since the Mae Young Classic, Shaza McKenzie. Yeah, not impressed with Shaza here. Uh, no. They say she's been doing this for a long time. I, I did not like. I, I didn't. I didn't like the her 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 work here. She her a lot of her punches seemed very weak and soft, and there's no oomph behind her moves i was luckily it was a it was a squash match it was and just to get to lacey evans just to get out. lacey evans coming out and reigniting her feud with Kyrie sane which i'm all about seeing again she comes out dex Kyrie, great we're back in that uh also we had candice LeRae bemoaning johnny gargano not being you know him still being injured we don't have a timetable for his return quote unquote uh and her moping backstage in a, in a pretty well acted segment i have to say yeah but then having a match against bianca belair who is, you know, they build as they build as a monster on a regular day. And then this one they built that Candice LeRae didn't her mind wasn't in it because of her husband. Sure. So Bianca crushed her. Literally and deadlifted her off the ground. That was an incredible strength spot. If you it did was, not see that on NXT this week, that's one of those yeah. strength spots you have to just see. It's you know, Lars Sullivan picking somebody huge up equivalent of that. I I've just, she literally picked her up off the ground and put her up in the air. Yeah. Wow. Over over her head. Wow. It was it was great. Bianca Belair, definitely keep an eye on her. We say that all the time. Uh in the tag division, TM sixty one had a match against Street Profits. The interesting thing about this TM61 appearing to turn heel, uh, getting the feet on the ropes. We've lost AOP and we've lost Sanity, so we need them. Then they'd be a good, I mean, and we've lost Sabatelli and Moss. So TM61 could be now the new slimy heel team uh, that Sabatelli and Moss once were. They put their feet on the ropes for the win over Street Profits. I'm, I'm liking this decision. Yep. Hey, next up, we had a um, a promo with Cassius Ono backstage, who was wearing a Minoru Suzuki t-shirt. Thank you. Cassius. Props uh, talking about how you know how dastardly Tommaso Ciampa is, and so apparently next week now we're going to get a match between Tommaso Ciampa and Cassius Ono. I'm looking forward Ooh. to that. I'm looking forward to Ono putting over Ciampa something fierce. Yes. <laughs> uh, also exactly. next week we saw we have EC3 versus Raul Mendoza. Raul Mendoza is fantastic. He's massively underrated. The guy can work, and he's going to put over EC3, but he'll put him over in a really good match. I, yes. I'm calling it now. We're calling it NX3 now, by the way. No, uh, we're not. Okay. No, no, we're not, no, we're not okay. calling it NX3. EC3 is calling NX3. I am not. Uh, I'm also not entirely hyped about the debut of Kona Reeves. The re-debut. Yeah. He's back with a bit of a new gimmick. Uh, he's got it. I mean, he's got the size. He's got the look. Um, I liked there was a bit of a disconnect where, you know, his his promo video made him look like this kind of like sleazy, happy go lucky guy. And he comes out looking like an 80s real estate agent on coke uh, and then is super aggressive in the ring against the, the, the poor jobber. They had a Patrick Scott, uh, two first names, two first name jobber they have um, and just beats the crap out of him. And, and 
frankly, uh, did not look that great. Well, I'm not completely down on him. I think if he spends a year in the performance center, uh, cuts up a little bit, puts a little bit more size on, he could be in there with the 285 guys that are in the heavyweight. Division, yeah, so. I think he's definitely needs to get some time in the performance center. There's there's something there. I'm not saying there's not. Yeah. The, the, the guy definitely has something there, but I think there's a lot of progress that needs to be made yep. with him before I'm going to really buy in. Uh, Dakota Kai had a promo saying that she's still scared of uh, Baszler. Vanessa Bourne comes in to talk smack. They had a little bit of a, a heated thing. So we, we're looking like Dakota Kai has kind of the monster on her shoulder with uh, the, with Baszler. We're going to have a long build towards that. But her first stop is Vanessa Bourne. I'm hoping Kai can get a good match out of Vanessa Bourne if they're going to do this. Uh, right now, I'm on the fence about this feud. Yeah, me too. I think this is... I, I'm not completely sold on the whole emo Dakota Kai with the black hair and the choker necklaces and mind. all of that no, stuff. No, that's and, fine. And, uh, trying stuff, That's this is the place to do it, but it, I, it's still not jiving for me. It's so, not, I, don't, I don't see it as the emo thing. I see it more as kind of the 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 beaten up, like kind of shy. Okay, Like, sure. you know, the wallflower girl in school who the, the bully is beating up and she's got to find herself to get it. You know, it's fine. I don't mind this at all. I think they're going to go good places with it. I yeah. trust where they will go with this. Uh, but speaking of a feud that I am all about, we had a match tonight. Pete Dunn getting his revenge against Roderick Strong, who betrayed him, betrayed him at the finals of the Dusty Classic, left him lying and joined the Undisputed Era. Why, Roddy? Why? Why, Roddy? <laughs> I love Roderick Strong as a heel. Can I just put that out there right now? I can't wait to have cameras in here so you guys can see Ian, how animated he gets oh. sometimes. Uh, this was amazing, and one of the things I want to call out is Roderick Strong's entrance. He comes out to his traditional music, yes. which sounds like a Kill Switch Engage track or something. A good one. Goes down and goes down to his hands and knees, and they cut to the undisputed shock, the system, and he stands back up, almost as to reveal himself from the cocoon. Yeah, that he is now uh, the, the the heel cocoon. He's gone through now the I'm metamorphosis. A, I'm a beautiful heel butterfly. Yes. <laughs> Hello. And he is. Oh my God! Who knew that going turning Roddy heel would be as good as it I is? Don't, I don't know. Everybody who's ever asked for a bland babyface to turn heel, everyone ever. That's who know. That's who knew. Roderick is, of course, like everyone else. It's just so much better as a heel. He's fantastic. He's slimy, uh, and this was a fantastic match. Pete Dunne is great as a babyface because he is the ass kicker tweener babyface. Yes. He's the guy who you don't want to get on his bad side. And his mannerisms and his the aggression that he had in this match was spot on. Yep. This is exactly what this match should have been. Pete Dunn, the badass motherfucker, yep. coming out for his revenge. And he hits him with the bitter end, uh, going down for the three count. And of course, Undisputed Era comes into the ring. Gets involved. Uh, gets involved, breaks it up, match disqualified. And then Birch and Lorcan come out. Yes. To back up Pete Dunn, fantastic. So now we have the UK trio. Well, no, because no, 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 no. Lorcan's American. Oh, okay. But, but still, you. But he, he. It always makes me think of a UK guy because right. the way because he, he's so stiff. Oh, right, he looks like an Irishman. It, he does a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lorcan, Dunn, and Birch lined up against Undisputed Era. Bring it on. We have. We only have like five <laughs> weeks until Takeover. I could see this building into a three-on-three match. Uh, we don't need to have the tag titles on, uh, uh, you know, up for grabs yet. We don't have to have the American title. Sh- like, let that be on uh, uh, on Adam Cole for a while. Yeah. Cool. Uh, three on three. I'm in. Or watch out for Lars Sullivan. He's coming. I'm just saying. 
look, there was also a poll on WWE.com for uh, Johnny Gargano and, and Tommaso Ciampa's stipulation. The ultimate stipulation like for the next the big blow-off, the next big blow-off match. And one of them on there, which we haven't seen since the Attitude Era, was the three stages of hell match. Have we not seen it since the Attitude Era? I don't think we've seen era? that. It's really? Real, it was Stone Cold and Triple H, wasn't uh, it? One of my favorite matches of all time, oh. by the way. It is in a massive lead in this poll online with 56% of the votes last time we looked. Are you looking right now to see what it's at? Uh, yeah, there's only been four ever. Uh, Triple H versus Stone Cold in 2001, which yep. is the one of the, my favorite ones ever. Uh, and then it was Triple H versus Shawn Michaels in 02. Uh, Randy Orton versus Triple H in 2009. Oh, there was more. Okay. I, and this is one I had no idea even existed. Was John Cena versus Ryback in 2013. I don't know. I think I'm sorry. I, I'm not sorry I missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sorry uh, I missed yeah, that I one at all. I don't, I don't really care about that one. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 didn't know that th- I didn't know that there were. I knew There's that only there was been two. Four. There's only been four in history. I would like the fifth to be uh, Johnny Gargano, T- Tommaso Ciampa. And with the style that the original Steve Austin Triple H one was, because they all had three different matches. You know, first fall, second fall, third, best of three, right? right. Uh, the Stone Cold Triple H one was standard match, and then a street fight, and then a steel cage. Oof. And that's just beautiful escalation. Not just cage, hell in a cell. Yeah. yeah. And it was what was great about that match, and we're getting down a rabbit hole here, yeah. was that, you know, you had the grappler in, in Triple H, and then you had the brawler in Stone Cold, and they switched styles. Stone Cold won the the grappler match and Triple H won the brawler match. Mm. And that was a great storytelling thing. Anyway, love to see. Uh, right now, that's in the lead on WW.com with more than half the votes. And there's like nine options. So hopefully they take uh, the fans' advice and make it a three stages of hell match. Yes. So let's head over and talk about 205 Live, the last thing that happened on the main ro- or on the in the WWE this week. Uh, uh, Kira Tozawa, Hideo Itami faced off against uh, the returning. Gentleman Jack Gallagher and the Brian Kendrick. Well, the returning Brian Kendrick. Gallagher's been around just kind of a little bit on the sidelines, but Kendrick is back from injury, sustained at the hands of Hideo Itami, and they definitely had some good grudge action going on in this match. The talking point here is that after the match, so Itami accidentally hits the ropes while Tozawa's on the top, causes him to crotch himself and lose the match. After the match, Itami smacks Tozawa in the face and walks away, and Tozawa sits there looking like a, a hurt little puppy. It's so sad. And he's such a sad face. Oh. oh, he's such a sad little guy when he's sad. But uh, yeah, so Itami looking like he's going heel. Great. Yes. He is so much better as a heel. Yes. Uh, and, I, and having a feud between these two guys would be, I think, the best option for both guys. Next up, we had uh, Buddy Murphy coming out and murdering. Oh, it took ten seconds. Uh, I think is I don't. It doesn't matter. This it is doesn't matter what is. This was. is what you should do in a squash match. Yes. Where Buddy Murphy comes out. There's some strikes exchanged. Buddy Murphy gets mad and power bombs this poor jobber named Liam Lewis. He Another powers two first namer. Pow, yep. Uh, power bombs him three times in a row. Vicious power bombs and then goes for the cover and then you know moves out of the cover so to, gives up the cover. Yep. Uh, and then the ref determines that Lewis is out. He's by KO'd. God, he's killed it. He's, he's just dead. Yep. And Buddy Murphy wins by match stoppage, <laughs> which makes Murphy look like a killer. And then yes. as he leaves, Cedric comes out of the back and jumps him 
uh, because Murphy obviously has a title shot and Cedric's just sick of Buddy Murphy being an asshole. And I love the the very face baby face thing of just confronting him head on. I think they even had a press conference or a, a afterwards. Yeah, thing. afterwards, Cedric said, "Buddy it's Murphy beautiful. was to stab me in the back. I'm going to come out and face him in the face. Like, Absolutely, I'll, I'll come out and get in his face. This is going to be great. What's great was the match between Gulak and Kalisto. Drew Gulak oh, yeah. and Kalisto had the main event match this week. It was fantastic. Nice long building match. Gulak basically stretching Kalisto every which way from Sunday for the first half of this. match match and just finding some just absolutely disgusting ways to make this man's body contort tries to pull off Kalisto's mask Kalisto gets mad and then everything picks up the pace at the end though Drew Gulak wins uh counters a move into the dragon sleeper and again bends Kalisto in freaking half I love how flexible Kalisto is because he makes selling moves look just Vicious, like yeah, especially when, these submission moves. Yeah, remember when Rusev got him in the accolade yeah. and literally like lay almost lay on his back. He was bending him back so far, like Kalisto was going to pop in half. <laughs> great, it's it's great. And Gulak gets his win back here over Kalisto. Uh, he's he's a perfect opponent for Drew Gulak. Makes Gulak look strong. I don't know where Gulak's going to go after this. Who he's going to feud with? I think he should be in the title picture eventually. Not yet, uh, though. But not yet. Yeah. No, I, I think at some point he would be a great scary heel champion. We do have a match next week. I believe it's Mustafa Ali with Buddy Murphy, right? Yeah, Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy. Essentially, your number one contenders match to go after Cedric. Yeah, put it on notice right now for the match of the week. Yes, right, right now. That's going to be fantastic. Absolutely. Speaking of fantastic, we do have to get to New Japan, uh, and we had a lot of stuff happen in the last week with New Japan. We had wrestling here. You know, Kuni, we had some road to Dontaku matches, road to wrestling Dontaku matches. Um, there's some quick notes I want to point out. Uh, Juice Robinson had a match, a never open weight challenge for uh, against uh, Hiroki Goto. Fantastic match. Our boy Juice is coming along beautifully in New Japan. He's nice. learning how to work a long form match. Uh, find all the nuances and and Goto by the way is having a renaissance as well. If this keeps up, he's one of my long shots for the G one this year. I just want to say that I don't think he's a long shot. I think he's definitely in the contention for the G one. It's a great place for them to to springboard guys. Yeah. I could absolutely see Juice. It was his coming out last year. I could see this one being the one where they really kind of put the mark on him. Yep. Uh, if he decides that he wants to stay with New Japan, which I think would be the best for him oh, right yeah. now. Um, but uh, that was on April 27th in Hiroshima. If you want to go back and find that match, uh, we got to talk about wrestling Hinokuni because uh, we had an intercontinental championship match. I did not even watch this show live until I heard what happened. I had to go back and watch it because I just did. I was like, yeah, nothing's really going to happen. Wrong. We had an intercontinental championship match. The, the obviously Minoru Suzuki, your intercontinental champion facing off against Tetsuya Naito. Naito. I, for the, for when I watched this match, I knew the outcome. I, I couldn't believe Naito would win this match, but he did. I mean, Minoru Suzuki put his leg behind his own head. <laughs> it was disgusting what that man did to, to Naito's body. But Naito ends up pulling off the win, gets the Destino and gets the win. Naito is your new IC champ. I feel like Minoru just got this title. Like two weeks ago. And Naito is not exactly a guy who's known for having a whole lot of respect for the Intercontinental Championship. The last time he held it last year before Tanahashi took it off of him, he literally destroyed the belt. Tried to buy sushi with it. He tried to buy stuff with it at the convenience store. He yeah. was like smashing it on the ground. He would just throw <laughs> it in the ring in front of him. Why are you giving this man this belt again? He's already said in a press conference he's not going to take it with him anywhere. He wow. feels like it's it's a demotion for him to have this belt. Oh. So I was really confused about why they would put this belt on Naito until I remembered that Chris Jericho is a troll. And he has been saying publicly that he's done with New Japan, that he will not be working any more shows with them. 
lies. He, I, I promise you right now, he's coming back at Dominion for his match with Naito that he started setting up earlier this year. That just mm. kind of went, went nowhere. Jericho, mark, mark my words, Jericho's coming back to New Japan and he's going to have a match with Naito probably at Dominion. For the Intercontinental For the IC belt. Wow. Yeah, they wanted to put a belt on this. I, I, I'm calling it right now. That will certainly be interesting. Hey, we also had day one of Wrestling Dontaku uh, with Bullet Club. Bullet Club just continuing to implode. Everything is going wrong over there. Yeah, it's the, it's the Civil War right now. The Young Bucks and Marty Skrull just beat uh, Tongaloa, Tamatanga, and Bad Luck Fale for the Never Six-Man Tag Championships. Uh, you had Cody beating Kota Ibushi in their uh, one-on-one match. Cody got put through a, one of those Japanese tables. Yeah. And by put through, I mean he literally like went through the middle, but his head and his legs were still on the outside le- like of the table. Oh. I'm sure he got cut to crap. Like It just looked ugly. Those Japanese tables are evil. Yeah, they're not the little card tables we're used to in the WWE. They're about no. an inch thick of they've solid got wood. The, they've got the weak-ass like, chairs, like the, the, car- the chairs that are made of Kleenex, and then the tables that are made of iron, yeah. uh, the opposite <laughs> of here. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Kenny Omega had a match with Hangman Page where I thought he actually legit knocked out Hangman with some of those V-trigger knees. Like, he, they went stiff. They went stiff on that, but Kenny picks up the win there, so they're trading wins over in this thing. Uh, we've got day two of Wrestling Dontaku tonight, uh, so I can't report on it yet. We'll talk about it next week, but we got some big matches. Uh, the junior heavyweight matches tonight, Kushida versus Will Ospreay, which I can't wait for, especially because Ospreay is mostly healthy again. And he has a new finisher that maybe he saw Avengers. He's calling Stormbreaker, oh. which is I, I'm sick of the Ozcutter. I'm glad he's doing this. The Ozcutter is not the best finishing move in the world, and it's tough for him to pull off and make it look good. The new finisher is difficult to describe. It's a very Will Osprey. It's a corkscrew neck breaker or like a corkscrew uh, cutter. Interesting. It's you have to see it. It's it's like uh, Buddy Murphy's fish hook thing, where you just you see it and you go, "What did I just even see?" Yeah, I think he just is he doing this off the top rope. As a it's in the middle of the ring. Corkscrew flip it's in the middle, into in the middle a, of the ring into an essentially an RKO. It's, it's not off breaker. the ropes, so yeah. it's it, it looks real great. But watch that match, and I have a feeling you'll see it because I'm, I'm calling Osprey to pick up the win. And we have match number eleven, the eleventh time Tanahashi and Okada will face off. For the IWGP heavyweight belt, dun dun dun, cannot see Okada losing here. No, uh, if they put it, if if Otanahashi wins the rubberiest of rubber matches here, I will be shocked beyond belief. But no titles on the line, correct? No, both of those are title matches. Oh, they are title. That's Ooh, what I'm okay. saying. Those Ooh. are both title matches. So big deal, big deal. Uh, another new New Japan news: five years of Bullet Club as of today. It's oh, been wow. five years since uh, since Bad Luck Fale, Tamatanga, Carl Anderson, and uh, at the time Prince Devitt, also known as Finn Balor. It's been five years exactly since they first two sweeted each other and formed the Bullet Club, wow. one of the biggest stables in modern wrestling. As it disintegrates into history, yeah, as right. we speak, right? Well, five years on. I mean, it's, how long can you keep a stable going? Right. Uh, in other New Japan news, Cow Palace. They're coming to the Cow Palace with their G One special. I would like to go. Uh, which it looks like we might still be able to. Their ticks are not selling well. They only sold 3,300 tickets out of 10,000 on the first day. Wow. Largely because they haven't really announced a card. But the New Japan of Brass are apparently nervous about this. And so they're now saying they're going to get some really big names to try and jump sales. So might try and buy some tickets in the next week and go on a little pilgrimage up to the Bay Area to watch another one. Uh, I think they I think they screwed themselves over with having Strong Style Evolve down here and having kind of a mediocre card. Yeah. Um, and everyone's nervous. They already had people flying out here for that. So now people are getting double tapped on this. So we'll see what they do with that. 
Well, we've got some other news to, before we get out of here that we've uh, we've got to go through our sort of lightning round that we do at the end of every show. But uh, look, let's kick things off. Maybe not so much in the lightning round, but there has been some fallout throughout this week uh, off the back of the greatest Royal Rumble last weekend. You guys heard us say all of pretty much what we had to say uh, on our uh, preview or our uh, recap earlier this week. But uh, Wrestling Observer News has reported that uh, Corey Graves may have some backstage heat due to one of his Instagram posts. Yeah, Corey Graves posted a, a picture of a, a, a cocktail he was having at his house, and he says, A drink to remember that no matter how bad we think we have it, at least our women have rights and we all have freedom of expression. Hashtag, if you get it, you get it. He posted this on the Monday after the Greatest Royal on this last Monday. Yeah, so Corey might have a little heat for that for Uh-oh. going going against the company line, albeit somewhat. Well, I was going to say somewhat subtly. It ain't that subtle. Uh, but that being said, props to Corey for for bucking the man, even while you're with a company that will fire you on a moment's notice, even though you are the greatest commentator they have going right now, yes. which he inarguably, I think, is. Uh, I can see why he would have a little bit of heat for that because they're doing such a, a big job of trying to put over Saudi Arabia and make themselves look good in the process. And so having any kind of dissension is going to throw that uh, under the bus. Uh, in addition, you know, because of, you know, it, to, the, to speak to that, you may have noticed that Sami Zayn was not at the greatest Royal Rumble. You nor have, was his name spoken. Nor at was all. his name even spoken. And that's because his name apparently according to Jerry Lawler, was not allowed to be spoken. They actually had a uh, a handbook on what things they could not say on that broadcast, including mentioning any of the women by name or the fact that they even had women wrestlers, and they couldn't mention the fact that Sami Zayn was there. So now, not only... Have and, and they haven't. Sammy has apparently not been told why he was not brought to the show. He's been given no real reason. They've not made any kind of press announcement about it. The only and and frankly, the last time they were in Saudi Arabia was I think in 2014. Sammy was the NX was in NXT. He might have been the champ, and he wrestled. So there's been no problem in the past. But so we don't know if they asked for Sammy not to come or if they just didn't want to make any waves because as we've mentioned, Sammy is a Syrian Muslim ethnically. Yep. So if it comes out at any point that Saudi Arabia, that the WWE bowed to the Saudi wishes to not either have women or they, that they were excluding people because of gender or because of ethnicity, this is only going to get worse. So right now it's looking bad. Um, well, hey, some good news off the back of that. He did do a fundraiser for Syria that has now has been doing it. Yeah. That has now surpassed a hundred thousand dollars. This is for awesome. medical supplies for yes. Syria. Yeah. Yes. So uh, of Syria, a, a country where Saudi weapons are bombing. Yeah. Uh, not the only ones, but just anyway, it's it's all ugly. It's all gross. Um, let's get back to wrestling. But first, before we get back to wrestling, I'm going to talk about more greatest World Rumble news. Arya Davari, who obviously came out and and said, I'm Iranian and, you know, screw Saudi Arabia. They had a little segment in the middle where a bunch of like NXT tryout guys yeah. from Saudi Arabia were introduced as being the four picks uh, from Saudi Arabia to come train at WWE. And they had a little bit where Davari and his brother came out and said, uh, you guys are you guys suck. Saudi Arabia sucks. We're Iranian. We're way better. Typical WWE, uh, you know, country patriotism baiting stuff. Well, apparently they've received death threats, Davari and his brother, uh, because of this angle. It's not clear whether they got it from people from Saudi Arabia who didn't take kindly to this or if it was from Iranians for being beaten up by Saudi Arabians in this match. The only upside to this, the only bright spot is that one of the four guys from Saudi Arabia, by the way, the guy who I thought was the most uh, talented, he had the most natural charisma and seemed like he was going to go somewhere, a guy named Mansoor. He's actually come out in defense of 
Arya Davari very publicly. So props to him. I can see him going places in the WWE because he does have that kind of star quality. Yes. To him. Uh, next up, Stardom Cinderella Tournament Finals. We had uh, Io Shirai versus Mayu Iwatani. Yeah, they went to time. They were there was it was going to be the the semifinals match, but both of them got disqualified because the match went to time and neither one won. Which I I actually had uh, Io Shirai. She's the ace. I had her taking this one uh, and going back for the title again. But no, the finals became the uh, Block A winners, which was Bea Priestley versus Momo Watanabe. And Momo picked it up. I thought Bea Priestley, also known as Will Ospreay's significant other, I thought she was going to pick it up and finally get a push. Now it's Momo this time, which is a good choice as well. So at some point, we're going to see a title match between Momo Watanabe and the champion of stardom, Tony Storm, your girl. Be still my beating heart. Tony Storm. Can she possibly carry any more belts is the question. And can it? Can we possibly go any longer without WWE picking her up? Anyway, I digress. Where is she going? She's not going to go back to WWE with having all that brass on her. Uh, Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Cinco de Mayo is coming up and our boy Pentagon uh, Dark or Penta El Zero M or Pentagon Junior, whatever you want to call Whichever him. Whichever one of them Pentas. He's going to Iowa for Cinco de Mayo. What? Huh? Yeah, no, Wrestling Revolver uh, is having a a, uh, a show out there sponsored in part by Impact Wrestling. So Pentagon Zero is going to be going out to uh, Iowa to face Jimmy Jacobs for the Impact World Championship. That should be fun. Mm. Uh, there's going to be an all-day Twitch stream. Is he full-time? Is he signed with Impact now? Yeah, yeah he's signed wow. with Impact. So he's, he's with a, a few different companies. They've got to deal with, obviously, with... Uh, right. Uh, Lucha Underground. Well, there's constantly crossover between those guys and Lucha anyway, right? Yeah, and, yeah. It, and Impact is looking really great because of the infusion of a lot of that talent that came from Lucha Underground. Possible merger in the future, I, maybe. Well, I think it's already happened. Uh, so as we reported before WrestleMania, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts was at a convention, and Davey Boy Smith Jr. came up to him and threw hot coffee on him because of some statements that allegedly Jake had made about his dad, the British Bulldog, uh, that has apparently been settled. Another convention. Uh, some people brokered some peace. The two of them talked. Uh, Jake has dropped his lawsuit against Davy Boy Jr. Apparently, they're on good. F- I love when I love when nice things happen. So, hooray! They settled the differences like like grown adults. And uh, yeah, why, why are you going to sue somebody for throwing coffee on you? You know, just go out, take them out back and whoop their ass and it's over with. You I know what? But if he hadn't done anything, they would have never reached this point where they had sure, to settle fine. this. So I all's well that ends well. And speaking of ending, we will know what is the ending of Kane's primary for Kane's bid to be the mayor of Knox County, te- uh, Tennessee, because he's we, in the lead or he won the he primary. won the primary. Yeah, he is now the official GOP nominee. He won it by 17 votes like he barely won. Wow. But he did win the primary. He will be the GOP nominee for the mayor, mayoral race of Knox County, Tennessee. That's going to happen in August. So uh, we'll see. Kane's a uh, go Glenn Jacobs. Yeah. You know, the, the devil's favorite son is uh, is on. It's going to be a mayor. He's on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> looking, okay. looking that way. Um, Summer Ray is now healthy. She's had back and neck injuries for the last couple of years. Uh, one of the reasons why she was released from WWE, but she's returning to wrestling versus Eva Lise at Battle Championship Wrestling on May 25th. Yes. Local LA girl, by the way, uh, Danielle. I can't pronounce her last name, uh, but it's Summer Ray. So I'm very excited about this. Uh, I think Eva Lise was one of the better women wrestlers that we got to see at Lucha Underground. So I, I love this match. I love this setup. I'm very happy that she's getting back in the ring. Yeah, one person I'm scared of getting back in the ring is PCO. We've talked about him a oh lot boy. lately. Ever since I watched his match with Walter at, uh, at WrestleMania weekend, Pierre-Carl Ouellette is preparing for his ICW match against Matt Riddle by apparently... 
He's shoulder pressing two. It's, it's a. I'll post this in our Facebook group. Yes, it's a. It's a tweet he sent out. He's shoulder pressing a two hundred pound weight, and his. I don't know if I want to call him a trainer or a little buddy is electrocuting him with a car battery and then breaking a bat over his legs while he's pressing this. I mean, it's the most insane wrestling. It's, it's like so ECW. insane. It's amazing. It's like this some ECW crap here. Yes. It's it's fantastic. Uh, I am. So I'm getting all in on PCO, man. He's he's. He's definitely flipping some switches for me. Well, hey, we talked about, uh, well, I marked out about Keith Lee earlier. I'll be clear about that. Uh, going out with a bang. But, hey, he's going to do this against Minoru Suzuki at Scrapper Mania. In yeah, next week. Scrapper Mania, one of Ireland's biggest uh, wrestling events, is happening yes. May 12th. It's got a lot of other stars, too. Tomohiro Ishii is coming over from Japan. Zack Sabre Jr., Matt Riddle, Jeff Cobb, Will Ospreay. Uh, yeah, Dublin, Ireland, May 12th. I'm actually going to see if there's any way. I think they're they're recording it, so I may have to watch it like after on a tape or something or DVD. Dear Minoru Suzuki, please don't kill our yeah. Keith Lee. Keith Lee might not be going to WWE after all please. because he may be torn to pieces by a small, angry Japanese man. Uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan, War of the World is happening on May 13th. Um, we're going to try and comment on Still that. Still don't have a card for it yet. No, there's no card for you. We don't know who's fighting. Right. So, but we will be covering that. And it's less than 10 days from now. I know, so but how do they uh, do that? what we will not be covering, I am sad to say, as we wind down the show, uh, does not look like we will be able to cover all in the uh, the largest Starcast. indie wrestling yeah. uh, event in, in U.S. history. Schaumburg, Illinois, outside yeah. of Chicago. Uh, apparently, all the hotels are already sold out. Well, let me run this down for the listeners real quick. To I really looked into this. We were I've been in communication all week with the folks at StarCast to try to get us in there. Apparently the first the main hotel in Schaumburg that the event is going to be is going to be the host hotel sold out in an hour. The, they have completely sold out three other neighboring hotels already that sold out in a matter of days. There we would have to stay almost an hour away uh, to be able to actually stay there anyway. And just to get in the door, the early bird special is $500 in order to be there Ooh. on Podcasters Row and have a table with two chairs and internet to be able to do what we do. And let's be clear, we are a professionally run and excellent podcast. Unfortunately, we're not exactly terribly monetized not right yet. now. Not we're yet. working on that. That's in the two-year plan. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're definitely working towards getting the show monetized so that we can do fun events like All In and report on it and bring content from there to this show. To that end, if you do want to help us grow and you want to help this podcast get further along the road to, to being th on that level, please throw us a tip in the tip jar over at patreon.com uh, slash BWO slash BWO. Yes. Thank you very much. And uh, go follow us on Facebook and uh, keep track of us. Help us out with this show because we do plan on growing. We do plan on becoming the greatest podcast in the world, not only in terms of the quality we bring to you every week, but also in terms of size, accessibility, and and just general prominence. Yeah, I mean, you're setting your sights high. I kind of just want to beat Stephen Larson. So if we can, if we can, I, if we I can do top not those think, guys. I do not think that at all. Oh, why? I well, okay, yeah, I do. <laughs> Well, guys, that's our show for this week. Thanks for hanging in there. Lots of news to go over this week, so we hope you really enjoyed that. Uh, as Ian said, definitely come over and, uh, to Facebook and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Come follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. And if you like what we're doing on this show, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO, throw a dollar in the tip jar, or sign up to do your very own promo right here on the show. If you want to pick up some sweet swag and let everybody know that this is your favorite podcast, you can head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store and get a phone case coffee mug t-shirt hoodie whatever you may like and please if you uh whatever podcast app you are using for us 
go to it. And if it has a subscribe button, hit that. If it has a like button, hit that. If it has a comment section, throw a comment on there saying that you love this show uh, or say what you think we could do better because we love constructive criticism. If there's a star rating system, throw us five stars. The more you rate us, the more you talk about us on those apps, the higher we place, the more people we get, the better this show can become. And we are about about growing the show and making this the premier wrestling podcast in the world. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.